Welcome to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast, presented by the News Press and Naples Daily News. We'll get you ready for the top high school football games in Lee and Collier counties each week with our analysis and predictions. Here are your hosts, the News Press's Adam Regan and the Naples Daily News's Adam Fisher. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast, the 14th edition, another playoff edition. I'm Adam Regan of the News Press, and I'm joined, as always, by Adam Fisher of the Naples Daily News. Adam, are you ready for second-round playoff football? I am so ready. We have some outstanding matchups, some very exciting matchups, and I've been digging into them, working on preview stories, running around the county, doing interviews, catching up with everybody. I also want to mention... This is National Signing Day, or the start of the NCAA signing period. Now, that's not football, but congratulations to all the athletes that are signing scholarship offers and just uh, letters of intent today. But we're here to talk football, so let's talk football. Well, I think we're just going to jump right into the games this week. I'm going to give you a little bit of insight into every single one of the playoff games going on around Lee and Collier County. First, let's start in Class 6A, Region 3. And we'll start off with a really, really big one, a game that's been played the last four years in the playoffs. Fort Myers at Naples, two legacy schools, the Blue Bloods, if you will, in in Lee and Collier County. What hits you first and foremost about this game? Well, we've talked on here before just how we both kind of like looking back at the historical aspects of things. And I love digging into that, the old matchups and learning about the the past. And these are the two oldest schools in their respective counties, Naples High School in Collier, Fort Myers and Lee County. When I first got down here in 2007, these schools hadn't played each other for a while. And it was a big deal in 2011 when they did play each other. So I got a chance to dig in and look back. But before that, I didn't know if there was much of a rivalry. Now that they've played four years in a row, I guess it's a true rivalry, and it's a back and forth. You know, Naples won in 2015 in the second round, then Fort Myers in 16, Naples last year. Two schools with great fan bases, awesome home field advantages, so that, that's going to be key this time around. And what makes it fun, too, is the, the longest tenured coaches. So Sammy Sirianni, Bill Kramer, they know each other, they respect each other. Uh, I got to imagine that they're winning as coaches in their respective counties. So just a lot to digest, and we haven't even talked about the actual game. Well, let's start talking about the game, actually. I think the biggest story of this game really is what Fort Myers has gone through the last couple of weeks. They lose to Dunbar in the regular season finale for the third straight year, and they looked ugly doing it. And the question was, you know, which Fort Myers team was going to show up against a really good Baron Collier team with an excellent offense? Well, the excellent version of the Fort Myers Green Wave showed up. They held Baron Collier to 14 points and put up 42 on the scoreboard. Willie Neal, quarterback who's been injured all year, he looks very, very close to 100%. He was dynamic through the air and with his legs, and that's going to be necessary to up against a Naples defense that's been historically good this year. Yeah, let me give credit. I mean, Baron Collier had a pretty good defense, and they've been known to give up points from time to time, but they held Naples to 25, which is a pretty good accomplishment. So Baron has a decent defense, but yeah, as you said, Fort Myers, the offense comes to life. Willie Neal was great, but man, this, this Naples defense is playing so well right now. Gave up six to Lehigh, but the, the six points Lehigh scored was on a 10-yard drive after Naples uh, kind of shot themselves in the foot. And that's another conversation to have. I mean, when Naples has struggled, it's been because... You know, they've hurt themselves. They've committed dumb penalties. 
They've dropped some fumbles. They fumbled on two consecutive touches against Lehigh and only gave up six points. So, so to their credit, looked a little flat, a little lethargic in the second half. Part of that's because you're up, you know, 20 to nothing. Um, and Bill Kramer even said, well, if it was closer, would we look better? That's a conversation to have. But it's not a good excuse, he, he admitted. I think that is kind of just, you know, playing a Lehigh team, you know, so that maybe they didn't come bringing everything all out Naples. But I think they will on Friday. Is Chess Moosley going to play? Ah, great question. I asked uh, Bill Kramer that on Tuesday. He said, well, I'll tell you on Friday. He told me that last week and Chess Moosley did not play. Just knowing Bill for 11 years and talking to him hundreds of times, I feel like if Chess was going to play, he would have told me on Tuesday. Now he could be playing, playing some games, not wanting people to know. I'm not out here reporting that Chess will not play, but it makes me wonder if he will play. And last year, Chess Moosley ran for 166 yards in this win over Fort Myers. So I don't know. But if not, you know, Naples has a very competent uh, backup. Not really a backup because he starts alongside Ches Malusi and Elon Samala, who's just been knocking over fools the past few weeks. 650 rushing yards the past three games without Ches Malusi. So either way, Fort Myers is going to have to slow down that rushing attack. Yeah, the Ches Malusi, I don't think that's factored, factored in the last couple of weeks when he hasn't played. I think they've you know, played some lesser teams where that happened. I think against Fort Myers, that's going to be a lot different because we've talked about Sam Sirianni on this show and how he likes to take away a team's best player mm-hmm. and, and make the other players on the team beat you. Well, when there's not you know, 2,000-yard right. running backs to, to try to stop and to pick which one you want to stop, and there's only one, it could be a little easier for the Fort Myers defense. But still, in this game, Fort Myers is an underdog at Saber Field. There's no question about and, it. And that's the big thing. I looked it up. You know, these two historical coaches, and they haven't played each other a ton, but Kramer, when he won last in 2015 at Fort Myers, that was his first time he's ever won at Fort Myers. When Sam Sirianni won in 2016 at Naples, first time ever he's won at Naples. Again, not a ton of games uh, between them. So that's a huge advantage. I'd say home field advantage is a pretty big thing in this rivalry. So, yeah, definitely Fort Myers gets the edge at Staver Field. Let's move on. Staying in Class 6A, Region 3, a rematch between North Fort Myers and Charlotte. I think we all saw this game coming. I think North Fort Myers, we identified them early in the season as a team that could be really dangerous in the playoffs. And I think they showed it against Largo. They won a really, really tough close game, a thing they really haven't been winning. They've been winning big games against lesser competition, but they played a close game against a really good team and beat them. Now they have to take down a juggernaut, which their first game against Charlotte this year, they gave up 27 points in the first quarter. They were out of it. They got really punched in the mouth early, and they were never back in that game. I'm assuming that first-year coach Dwayne Mack is really, really focused on that leading into this game. North Fort Myers has now won four in a row. The last game they lost was at Charlotte on October 12th. Now, as you said, you know, haven't won a lot of close games those, those three wins before Friday were against three teams with losing records and just complete blowouts. We knew North Fort Myers was talented. I think I picked them to lose on the road just because that is tough to go. Did I pick them to win? Well, you good. did. You picked them to win. Well, I feel good Largo. about that. I, I didn't feel great when I made that pick because it's just always tough to go on the road like that and win a close one. So props to them. Charlotte, though, is rolling. As you said, it, it's all about good starts, especially on the road at a tough place to play like Charlotte. Charlotte's really been dinged up the last couple of weeks, actually. Against Port Charlotte, they suffered some injuries. And then against Palmetto at the end of the season, they didn't have a lot of people playing. But I think they're going to get a lot of those guys back this week. And this could be a really, really close game. Shamari Mason of North Fort Myers, a guy that we can't stop talking about on this podcast, had 200 yards rushing last week. Wow. 
I mean, he's been excellent. And then obviously you have Clayton Savinsky out there on the outside as a deep threat. I think this one could go really either way. I will give a very nice edge to Charlotte playing at the fishbowl. That's a really, really tough place to play. And North Fort Myers knows that because they already played this year. And Charlotte's so big and they ground it and pound it. I mean, they average 210 rushing yards a game. I don't know how big North Fort Myers is up front on defense. They're pretty big. Okay, they're going to need that. Um, But that speed, I think they definitely have the speed edge on Charlotte. No doubt. I think athlete – no doubt, I think when it comes to athletes, North Fort Myers has – quite a quite a bit few. <laughs> when it comes to athletes i think north fort myers just has more than charlotte has let's move down to class 5a region 3 Immokalee, who i predicted would be in this situation in the second round of the playoffs despite losing their first five games of the season they're going to be at tampa jesuit who's 10 and 1 in the season has a great defense yeah, I was looking at that before we came in, man. They've only given up one game this year. They've given up more than two touchdowns. And the last time they gave up two touchdowns was week two. So that means eight straight games. Their opponents have only scored one touchdown or fewer. They play in a very tough area up there, all the way up in Tampa. Again, Immokalee's got to go on the road. That's where those five losses at the beginning of the season hurt you. Um, if you're a district champion, maybe you got a better shot of hosting. But, hey, man, congrats to the Indians for, for playing incredible. And Immokalee faced a great defense last week in Dunbar, and they dropped 45 they on did. them. I think that gives them a lot of confidence going into this game against Jesuit. They're the underdogs in this one, no doubt about it. But, I mean, they, they might be a really live underdog in this one. It's going to come down to a kid we talk about a lot. RJ Rosales really, really looked good last week. He had such a slow start to the season with an injury, missed a couple games, and they played a tough schedule early. But he's over 2,000 yards passing once again. He ran for two big scores in the fourth quarter last week against Dunbar, so he's doing it all for them. And that's not to say that Immokalee doesn't have a bunch of other athletes. It's really going to test their defense, though. You know, we talk all year about they're kind of undersized, not a lot of depth. Hopefully they can stay healthy uh, to make this one close. Well, we're going to jump down to Class 4A Region 3 when we have LaBelle. They're on their rematch tour. That's what Chris Siner, the coach of the Cowboys is calling it. They're at Bishop Rowe, which they lost to earlier in the season at home, 34-20. to And LaBelle beat Lake Placid last week, who beat them early in the season. So if they're tre- that seems like they're trending in the right direction where they could give uh, the Vikings a pretty good game. I'm really looking forward to seeing this one. The Cowboys are just cooking with gas. Remember a couple weeks back where they barely beat Eastleigh County, winless East mm-hmm. Eastleigh County. I think they've learned from that, and I think they've been great ever since. They won a close game against Lake Placid. And Bishop Rowe has coming off two weeks of rest. Yeah, good for them. That, that's that's going to help, especially when you get to the playoffs, just being healthy. That's part of the biggest key. But LaBelle, I, I was kind of following that game as I was uh, covering my game last week, and you're right, it was a close one. I thought for sure they were going to lose it because they trailed, I want to say, mo- most of the game. I don't think they scored uh, until the second half to take the lead. They were at home. It was a Lake Placid team who they had already lost to, so you knew they were good. This is a rivalry. I mean, right? These teams don't like each other a whole lot. Uh, absolutely. And LaBelle's 2-11 and against Wow. Bishop Rowe in the last couple of uh, years or so. And then, but you have Vero who's also trying to make a little bit of history. Their last playoff win came in 2002 with Josh Vogelbach as their quarterback. And Josh Vogelbach is currently their uh. head coach right now. They beat St. Petersburg Catholic 68 to 13 in 2002. Wow. So they're searching for their first playoff win in quite a while. I think they've lost six in a row. Wow. Coming into on this one. So that should be an interesting game. Then we'll go down to the smaller schools. Class 2A, Region 4, Glades Day at St. John Newman. 
Newman looking for a playoff win after getting ousted in the first round last year. Yeah, Newman's never won a playoff game. Uh, this is actually the first time they've ever hosted a playoff game, uh, and that's by virtue of finishing the regular season 9-1, and one, getting the second seed there. Now, Glades Day, they're, they're one of those teams that's kind of, you know, reminds me a lot of Moorhaven, very athletic, can score, can run. Say John Newman beat Moorhaven in the regular season. Moorhaven beat Glades Day. Now, both those games were one-point games, so very close. First Baptist went out to Glades Day last week. And they were, down, they were down 14 points two different times, made it within two points. So it was 49 to 39. So I think we might see another shootout here. It's all going to come down to Jensen Jones, our favorite guy on this podcast. Definitely Adam Regan's favorite guy. So I'm looking forward to this. This is going to be fun. The first time ever a, a playoff game there on their field for the Celtics, and they're really jacked up about it. I mean, I'm really rooting for Damon Jones. Damon Jones was a great interview when he was up here at Riverdale. Yeah. I thought he was really on his way to turning around the Raiders program before he got an offer he couldn't refuse to go back down to Collier County and coach St. John Newman. So he's really got them going, and I think I saw this one coming. Well, and let's say, Newman, I mean, you don't want to start getting ahead of yourselves, but a team that's never won a playoff game, if they can win here at home, which is very feasible, very do- doable, and you face the winner of Moorhaven and um, Champignot Catholic – as we said, they've already beaten Moorhaven. Now the game would be at Moorhaven, so the number one seed. And then Champing, not Catholic, not the same, not as good as last year's state championship team. So Newman has a shot at a regional championship. But first, got to take care of business on Friday. Well, when we come back, I sat down with Fort Myers head coach Sam Sirianni and talked to him about this gigantic task of taking down Naples in the playoffs at Naples. We'll be right back. Keep up with the action every week by following our live Friday night scoreboard at NaplesNews.com, News-Press.com, and by downloading the Naples Daily News and the News Press apps onto your mobile devices. Hey everybody and welcome back to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. And I'm here with Fort Myers head coach Sam Sirianni Jr. as they head into their regional semifinal game with Naples. Sammy, how are you? Good, uh, good, good to have you. And uh, you know, it's always exciting this time of the year, so uh, things are good. And uh, you know, playoff football for high school is always a fun time. Sammy, I want to look back real quick on last week's win over Baron Collier. The last previous two years you guys lost to Dunbar to end the season and then you guys go to regional finals what about that Dunbar loss kind of jump starts because the same thing happened this year Adam if I had the answer to that you know I'd I'd, I'd try to for correct it but you know Dunbar's had uh, you know they have good football teams and they're always if you, if you look back all three games have been you know games that we feel uh, this year they took it to us a little bit but the other two years I think we had good chances to win them but uh you know, we play that game on purpose for the reason is to kind of get you tested for the playoffs. And this year, uh, it really came at a good time. You know, we had had a lot of injuries in the middle of the year, of course, and then had a run there of probably a month where we weren't really challenged, you know, didn't get to play, uh, you know, our starters very long and, and had an off week, you know, had a bye week mixed in. And, and then, of course, uh, getting some guys back, especially Willie, you know, and playing very limited really since September. That was a good trial run for him to get out there and knock some of the rust off. And, uh, you know, it's tough in a losing effort. You know, our kids would have liked to have played better. I would have liked us to have played better. But, again, credit to them. I don't. You never want to learn through defeat. But I think a tough ball game, win or lose, I think hardens you and 
and get you ready for what you need to do come playoff time. Speaking of Willie Neal, he had a great game last week in that win over Baron Collier. How healthy is he, and how much do you need him to be that X factor against a really good Naples defense? Yeah, I mean, I think he's pretty much, uh, you know, from a standpoint physically, I think he's, uh, you know, he's back pretty close to, you know, to 100%. I think what you lose from, you know, all the conditioning and things you do leading up to a season and then to be basically shut down for three or four weeks, that part of it, I'm not sure, you know, you always feel like, you you know, every week you kind of get a little bit more comfortable and you get a little bit better condition and but as far as the injury goes I I don't I haven't seen any residual from it you know he's he's back full go in practice with no limitation and uh, for us you know and the things we ask him to do you know he's a big factor in what we do and uh, he facilitates a lot like a point guard and the things that we ask him to do but you know in any quarterback but it but especially Willie you know sometimes like I want to make sure that I don't you know I want him to facilitate we have some other playmakers and and uh, I think he's getting more comfortable comfortable again building that chemistry back and you could see it even last week I thought he got better as the game went on and you know I'm biased but I think he's a big uh, you know one of the top kids around when it comes to difference makers and we're going to need him uh, you know in, in his best form on Friday night. The familiarity with Naples having played them in the postseason the last couple of years does that help you or hurt you does do you have that motivation coming off of last year's loss in a regional final? You know, every year's different. I, you know, I'm sure that the kids that played last year were disappointed. You know, we'd come off the big high of the game with North and and uh, and went down there and they clearly outplayed us. And, uh, you know, we might have had this injury or that injury or whatever. But that's all, you know, that's just credit to them. They took it to us. Uh, I'm sure they asked Bill last year, were they motivated from the year before? I think it's human nature. I think the kids remember, you know, the the the, the – the highs and the lows and I will say this that you know in our region you know we're blessed with locally with three traditional powers you know and then you can even throw North Fort Myers in there has a rich tradition you look at the final four this year I mean you know but Fort Myers and Charlotte and Naples three old schools and and North with their history uh, if you get to this point you know you're going to be motivated to play I don't think what you did last year uh, if you're using it, having to have those motivations, and I think that uh, you're not ready to play anyway. So uh, is it in our kids' back of our minds? I'm sure it is. I, I don't use it. I, last year's last year. This year's this year. Two different casts, two different football teams. A lot of kids, you know, from both teams played in the game. But, uh, you know, different circumstance, uh, different round. Other than last year, I think all three of them have been regional semifinals of these four. You know, I think it's just neat. I think it's neat for Southwest Florida. I think, again, looking at these four teams, uh, I think it's cool to have your old power, your old traditional schools, which means you're bringing in generations together, and uh, uh, it's good water cooler talk. And, you know, we have great respect for Naples. You know, Bill and I go back a long way, and you know, we know the task at hand. It's hard to win there. We have done it. I think both of us have won once on each other's home field, so it's been kind of a home-dominated series back into the into the early 2000s when we used to play more. But uh, he's got a you know good football team, you know, great program. You know, I mean, their success speaks for itself. And uh, but we're excited to be in this position. We've had a lot of adversity this year, and now you get to that time of the year that uh, you know it's all good competition and the team that plays the best and does the things they need to do, you know, can continue to survive in advance, which is what it's all about. 
you spoke about water cooler talk. I think the water cooler talk is that you guys are the underdog going into this one at Staver Field. Tell me, what will it take from your guys to come away with a win, which I think many people would consider an upset victory? You know, they're the top seed, and, and their their home you know, record speaks for itself, and and they're a very talented team. And, uh, you know, we've uh, kind of flying under, flown under the radar this year. Like I said, lost a couple games. But for us to win any football game, I mean, it's coach, coach's cliche, but I think if you go back to three years ago, uh, you know, they were really a big favorite, and I thought our kids competed well. But if you look at the last two years, I mean, it, you could just see, I think one of the important things down there in that environment is getting off to a good start. I mean, two years ago, we jumped on them, and, and and I think it was big. And last year, you know, everything that could go wrong the first quarter went wrong. So I believe a good start is important in any game. But I think, in, in you know, you know they're, they're very good at coming out with their crowd and their pyrotech and all their stuff and uh, fireworks and all the fun and uh, – uh, but our kids here, it's a seasoned group. I know they're not going to be intimidated. You know, we, we have great respect for them. And, I, you know, I'm sure that, you know, everyone's going to, you know, think that, that they're clear favorite. And I don't disagree with that. I will say, though, that I, I believe in our football team. And I believe if we play our best football that, uh, we, you know, we, we, we will challenge and we can challenge. And uh, um, you got to make plays and you got to protect the football and all those things in a close game. And, uh, in a competitive game, but you know we feel that uh, we're going to go down there and uh, and we feel we can compete, but it's going to take our best to do so. And uh, clearly, I 100% agree that uh, it's going to take a big ta- a big effort down there because they should be the favorite. Well, Sammy, I appreciate you joining me on the Inside Southwest Florida F- Football Podcast, and we wish you the best of luck down in Naples this week. I appreciate it, Adam, and thank you for all you do for prep sports. And, again, I'm biased, but it's a great time of the year, and I hope everybody gets out and sees some good high school football. Well, that should be definitely a pretty exciting game between Fort Myers and Naples. And don't forget to go to news-press.com slash sports and naplesnews.com slash prep zone for Adam Fisher's analysis of the game, some highlights, and photo gallery. When we come right back, we'll answer your questions on the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. Each week, go to naplesnews.com, news-press.com, or our apps on your mobile device for photos, videos, and analysis from games throughout Southwest Florida. All right, everyone, welcome back into the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. It's question time, our favorite segment of the show where we get to talk to you, the audience. So right now, we're going to answer a question I got on Twitter it is a, uh, a historical question. One of the ones we like to take, take a trip down memory lane from Watts239, Watt Dizzle on Twitter. Thanks for the question. It is, what is the best local team that did not make the state championship? So, not a team that didn't win the state championship, but the team that didn't make it to the final. To the state final. What popped into your head first? I assume you were thinking Lee County. First team that popped into my head, and we talk about them a lot when we go into a historical perspective, is the 1992 Fort Myers Green Wave, who was ranked number six in the country with Jamie German. But yeah, they lost to St. Thomas Aquinas 35 nothing in the state semifinal. But there are a couple other teams that I thought were worthy of this discussion. First and foremost, the 2001 Estero Wildcats. If you remember, in 1998, Joe Hampton led the Estero Wildcats to a state final where they lost to Osceola. But 
a team that's forgotten is the 2001 team that was coached by Bill Swats. Mm. And Joe Hampton was still an advisor in on for that team. And you had a, had guys like quarterback Clint Marks, Micah Rucker, Lorenzo Johnson. And then you had a guy who went on to play offensive line at Florida and Randy Hand. And then a guy who played offensive line at Miami in Derek Morse. They had lost to St. Thomas Aquinas the previous two years in the playoffs. They they host St. Thomas Aquinas here in Estero with Don Shula's grandson as the quarterback. Oh, I didn't know yes, that. Uh, they go down 14 nothing early, and they lose 21-17 to in the regional final to St. Thomas Aquinas. And you'll kind of sense a the- theme here. Mm-hmm. Our best teams lose to St. Th- Thomas Aquinas in Lee County. And you have North Fort Myers in 1994, who had Javon Curse on the team. They lose to St. Thomas Aquinas in a regional final. It's just basically St. Thomas Aquinas has kept these Lee County teams from advancing. Well, that brings up an interesting point where 15 years ago, it was a lot harder to get to the state finals. You didn't have nine classifications. You didn't have so many schools here. So teams were running into St. Thomas Aquinas in regionals. You're running into Naples played like Coco and teams like that on random times. Yeah, I also want to say you go back all these years to where our teams in Lee County were advancing really far and they were state championship contenders. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that a Lee County team will never win a state championship. That's the stupidest thing you've ever said. No, I'm going to defend it. Never. Never. Not even like a 2A team, a 4A team. A lot would have to happen. For example, with the Sestero Wildcats team, they were getting players from the Dunbar area. And when Dunbar High School reopened, those teams were go- those guys were now going to Dunbar, and then you had South Fort Myers open, and that's just was the death knell to a Stero football program, and it's happening all over Lee County. All these new schools are cropping cropping up, and that's a good thing educationally, I think, but I think it's a bad thing for football because you're not going to have all the talent at one school unless everybody makes a conscious decision to transfer to one school, one school in the Cape, one school in Fort Myers, I don't think you're going to have a Lee County team win a state championship. I think Lee County will be easier because you can do that. I mean, look at the teams we've seen in years past. All these kids go to South Fort Myers or North Fort Myers. A little tougher in Collier County. You look at, like, someone mentioned to me, Golden Gate. You know, when, when Naples was really good in the early 2000s, not that they're not bad now, but Golden Gate High School didn't exist. So guys like Jay Harrar, Javinsley Bazile this year would be at Naples. Can you imagine those guys along with Ches Malusi and Elon Samala? It would be ridiculous. So it is a lot, a lot tougher. Let me get to Collier County. So we're talking best team to not make a state final. Two teams I've mentioned in years past and and teams that finished undefeated but did not win a playoff game, the 2004 Naples High School football team and the 2006 Immokalee High School football team. And I reached out because there was another team um, that Watt Dizzle and, and someone else mentioned on Twitter, the 2001 Immokalee team, which went to the state semifinals, lost to Sean Taylor on a two-point conversion in overtime. He jumped. There's a picture we have of, in the Naples Daily News of Sean Taylor stretching across the goal line, just one hand with the ball for that game-winning two-point conversion. So I asked uh, Coach John Weber, old friend of the Naples Daily News, Obviously, the Immokalee coach back then, I said, you know, who was better, that 01 team, that 06 team? And he said that 06 team was just nasty. He said, we would have won the state championship. And you look back at their numbers. They went 10-0. and They gave up something ridiculous, like 36 points the entire season. However, that team was banned from the playoffs because they had an ineligible player the season before. That gave them a chip on their shoulder. You know, who's to say if they knew that they were going to the playoffs that they wouldn't be they would be running through people like that you know that kind of fired them up they beat Naples that year a Naples team that went to the um, regional finals 
that 04 Naples team, they were ranked in the top 20 in the nation, which I think is probably the highest rank they've ever been. They were number one in the state among all classifications and just had some injuries at bad times and lost by one point at home to, I believe, a Sarasota Riverview team. It was some Sarasota team, but they had about 20 guys from that 04 team go and play in college. So they, they were loaded. Yeah, well, that's going to do it for our question and answer segment. When we come back, we're going to pick some playoff games. For the most in-depth analysis of high school football in Lee and Collier County each week, go to NaplesNews.com and News-Press.com. Follow us on Instagram at NewsPressSports and NDN Prep Zone. On Twitter, NPHS Sports and NDN underscore. We're back once again inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. I'm Adam Fisher with the Naples Daily News, joined as always by Adam Regan of the Fort Myers News Press. And now it is time for our least favorite segment of the show, at least least favorite for the past six or seven weeks, because I've been pooping the bed, Mr. Regan. I've not been doing very well, and I let my six-game lead slip away. I choked terribly, and now you have a one-game lead in our prediction standings. You are 88 and 31 after going 8 and 1 last week. I am 87 and 32. Not bad. Still a 73% winning percentage. Uh, what turned the tide was Fort Myers last week. I picked Baron Collier to win on the road at Fort Myers. I was incorrect, and you now have a one game lead. How do you feel? I feel great, and I think I should be referred to as your leader every time you refer to Adam <laughs> Regan of the News Press. You are above me in the standings, but guess what? I'm going to get to this week, although I don't know how much uh, variance we're going to have this week. I may have to pick against you just to try to come from behind, but let's hop into it. Five games left in Southwest Florida, starting in 2A, Glades Day at St. John Newman. The Celtics with their very first home game. Can they uh, knock off the Gators? Seven-time state champion Gators. I think they can, and we've talked about Glades Day a couple of times on this podcast and yeah they were impressive against first baptist last week scoring all those points but they gave up a ton of points as well i think this being at st john newman and your next broxton trophy winner jensen jones <laughs> being on the fields i'm gonna campaign as long as i can for the guy i mean i think if he wins this game i think he should be the broxton trophy recipient this year what if he loses this game like he throws a game winning game losing pick does that take the broxton away from him I mean, there are a couple other guys that R.J. Rosales is starting to come on strong, too. So imagine Immokalee makes a deep run. So that could be an interesting competition. But I'm going to go to Saint, with St. John Newman in this game. I have to agree with you. Yeah, just playing at home and, and the way they're rolling right now. Glades Day, very dangerous. But I like St. John Newman. Um, going to 4A, a rematch, a game I think will be closer this time. Although I say that not knowing what the final score was but before. It was a 14-point game. Okay. LaBelle at Bishop Vero. Bishop Vero resting off two weeks. LaBelle coming off a one-point win last week. What before, do you got? Before you make your pick, I want to get your thoughts on having two weeks of rest. Is that a good thing or a bad I thing? I think it sounds like too, ma- too many. Um, having a one week off, you know, so you're basically having two weeks, you're fine. But having two Fridays off in a row, they've rested for three weeks. A lot of rust could set in. You know, maybe the kid's been sitting around uh, eating too many Cheetos and getting a little lackadaisical. So, yeah, I think it's probably too much. I'll play devil's advocate here. Terry Lindsay, the running back from Bishop Verreau, I don't think he would have been ready to go if they had not gotten two weeks right. of rest. But he'll be back in this game, and he'll be in the backfield with J.J. Mira. And that's two guys 
who are capable of rushing for a thousand yards. I know Terry, Terry Lindsay came very close to rushing for for a thousand yards last year for North Fort Myers. I think that could be a big factor, but it's going to be really on LaBelle quarterback Bryce Hall to take care of the ball. Mm. He's only thrown two picks this year, and this Bishop Verreau defense is legit. So I think that could be a matchup to watch. I'm going to go with Bishop Verreau in this one. Yeah, I agree with you for every, everything you said. I think LaBelle's really good, but having already lost to Verreau and, and almost lost last week, I think Verreau's probably just the slightly better team. Going to 5A, Immokalee making the longest road trip of our local teams all the way up to Tampa Jesuit, a team with a nasty defense, but Immokalee's got kind of a nasty offense in a good way. Yeah, that offense has definitely been coming on strong with R.J. Rosales. You know, scoring 40-plus points against Dunbar's defense, that's that's no joke right there. Dunbar has a very strong defense, and they just really carved them up in late in the game. It was it was a very close game in the early in the second half, right? And then yeah. Immokalee just started carving up that defense. Yeah, I think defense. Three, straight, three straight touchdowns for Immokalee. And Tampa Jesuit, strong defense, as we talked about. I've been driving – the Immokalee bandwagon all season. Yeah, everybody else was just jumping off. I was, I'm was, i still in the driver's seat. So you're picking Immokalee. Nope. I'm going to pull over, Ugh. and I'm going to open that door, and I'm going <laughs> to let everybody off and say, I'll see you guys next season because Tampa Jesuits win in this one. Oh, gosh, I want to I want to pick Immokalee, but I think you're right. Just, uh, you know, Tampa Jesuit, a private school, and that's always tough. More, more bigger students to recruit from. Um, I'm going to stop talking because we've said enough. I'll take uh, Tampa Jesuit. I'm going to go North Fort Myers at Charlotte here. 6A, another rematch at Charlotte. What do you think? I've been on Charlotte all year. I think that they have just the – I have think they have top to bottom the strongest team in southwest Florida. But it hurts that they're the number two seed, and if they win this week, you know, they're going to be – they're going to be playing probably Potentially, at, at Naples. Right. So I'm going to take Charlotte in this one. I don't think that, that they punched North Fort Myers in the mouth early like they did scoring 27 points in the first quarter in their first meeting, but I think they have the juice to pull this one off. Close game, one-score game, possibly whoever has the ball last. I'm going to go Charlotte. Now, I think this is a coin flip game anyways, and you just decided it for me. I think North Fort Myers can win, and since I need to catch up with you and I know who you're picking in the next game, I think North Fort Myers will win. They're going to come out. They're going to score a bunch of points. They're rolling right now. I'm taking the Red Knights. You took the Red Knights in the first meeting between these teams. Yeah. And that, that was So they're going to get me th- twice if they lose? I think they that really started my ascent it to the, the top of the picks there. But not a bad pick. North Fort Myers definitely has the offensive firepower to win this game. Another rematch of the very first 11-man football game Naples High School ever played. In 1950, against Fort Myers, they've been waiting for this game for 68 years. Does Naples get revenge on that first 11-man loss 68 years ago when they host Fort Myers in the Class 6A semifinals? Regional semifinals. Wow, that's some historical perspective That was a tidbit I wanted to throw in earlier, so I just kind of forced it in there right there. I appreciate that you did that. That's that's fantastic. I'm going to go Naples in this game. Because the game is at Staver Fields. I think Fort Myers is going to quit themselves really well in this game, though. I think a lot of people were down on Fort Myers after that Dunbar loss. And they played a really soft schedule the last part of the year mm-hmm. until they got to that Dunbar game. So they kind of flew under the radar, which was weird considering 
they were much hyped earlier in the season because of that you know new spread offense and everything. I think Ches Malusi plays in this game. I think he's I think he's a gamer. Yeah. I think he's going to go, and even if he doesn't play, I think that their running game will reign supreme in their defense. I think it's all about defense as you get into these later rounds and. Sam Dollar's defense hasn't failed me yet. So. Though I will tell you, man, as I've said for the past few weeks, if you're going to get Naples' defense, you can get it through the air. We saw him give up a couple big passes last week to Lehigh, who's not a great passing team. Um, Willie Neal looking really good right now. And if Chez doesn't play and Willie Neal hits some passes early, we're going to have a great game on our hands. Um, however, I will select Naples. Just playing at home is such a big advantage. Um, and I just think that defense is, is tough to beat. So there it is, folks. That's it. The second round of the playoffs, you can follow all the action live Friday night at naplesnews.com slash prepzone and news-press.com slash sports. For the Naples Daily News, I'm Adam Fisher. Thank you very much to the News Press, Adam Regan. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Remember, the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast will be available for download every Thursday at noon to get you ready for the coming week's games.